With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along to this week's episode of No Breaks, No Fear. And there's been plenty going on in British Speedway to talk about. We've had clubs leaving the league. We've had riders moving teams. And we've had Wolverhampton opening a sizeable 13-point lead at the top of the Premiership after a superb bank holiday double win over Bellevue Aces. That wins the meeting for Wolverhampton. There's no way back for the Bellevue Aces now. It is two wins in one day. We'll hear from Brady Kurtz, Dan Bewley and Luke Becker following those meetings. My special guest this week is Speedway writer and publicist Phil Lanning, who himself has been chatting with new Glasgow Tigers signing Tom Brennan, who's unfortunately had to depart the Eastbourne Eagles. Phil also has huge family links with Eastbourne, who announced that they're withdrawing from the rest of the season following financial issues, and we'll talk more about that situation at Arlington. Plus, we've got Jason Crump, who gives his thoughts on his return to Speedway in 2021. We'll also hear from Berwick's Leon Flint, Ipswich's Chris Louie and Danny King, Sheffield's Simon Stead, and much more to come over the next hour or so here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. So, lots to get through, and uh, we'll look back at that bank holiday double header between Bellevue and Wolves shortly. But first, to welcome our guest this week, it is uh, someone who is no stranger to the likes of the Speedway star and even this podcast, in fact, with regular interviews. He is Phil Lanning. Welcome along, Phil. Hi, Ian. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you, and uh, great to have you back with us once again. There's lots to get through. I know the Eastbourne situation is something that you you really want to talk about because that's very close to your heart. And uh, we've got your interview with Tom Brennan to come soon as well. But before we get into the, the, the Wolves and Bellevue situation um, in, in more detail, what's your take as a journalist on where we're at with Speedway so far into this season now, at the point where we're at now? Things hotting up in both leagues. It's very close, both uh, in the 
championship and in the premiership as well there's still quite a bit to race for particularly in the in the in the championship league and um, must be great for you as a, as a speedway writer with with lots of things going on at the moment yeah it's um the two leagues are, are, are very close and i think the playoffs are going to be very hard to um very hard to guess um, and that's how we like it you want unpredictability um, I think the premiership you'd probably make Wolves slight favourites I think um, the championship Paul look favourites to me um, but over two legs anything can happen and I think that's really good for all of us I think we don't want anyone running away with it and or, or some team that are just dominating which we've had from year to year now and again um, but that's very healthy and I think it's very exciting for the fans coming into this last section of the season that really is going to be, it's going to be tense. And I think there's a, I don't think anyone's going to have an easy ride, put it that way. And I, and even though, and I think it's been like that all season. I think the premiership's been extremely tight all season, which has been really good. Um, and I think the whole story with Peterborough has been phenomenal. I think the, I love the dad's army. Uh, <laughs> I love the fact that the dad's army are really sort of, uh, making sure the rest of the league don't like it up. And... Well, speaking of that, Dad's Army, they are the only team who can stand in Wolverhampton's way now and deny them that league leadership ahead of the playoffs um, because uh, following that uh, that double win for Wolves against Bellevue on Bank Holiday Monday, it's just the two of them left, really, in terms of finishing top of the table. And um, two wins... For Wolves, um, on the day and then the score, the same both times, 49-41 twice. Um, it was, um, you know, couldn't have gone any better for Peter Adams' men, could it? Absolutely. Well, Wolves have been the sort of, they, they, they did the double um, over Bellevue earlier in the season as well and, and co- quite comprehensively, they absolutely dominated the second half of the meeting. And they and they have been really and truthfully um, this curious thing that, that, that Bellevue is perhaps too fair for a home track uh, at some times and Wolves have certainly managed to take advantage of that and um, they're kicking on now they really are kicking on now Wolves to to look like they're you know to be the title favourites as everyone predicted they would be Well let's get some reaction from that meeting then and uh, first up let's hear from Luke Becker of Wolves the American star has been speaking with Ryan Guest well, Luke Becker, the perfect bank holiday Monday for the Paris International Wolves. Seven points out of seven against uh, Bellevue with two wins. Yeah, you said it yourself. Uh, definitely couldn't have gone any better way. Uh, having two meetings in one day and coming away with two uh, two wins, you can't complain. Yeah, since that defeat to Peterborough as well, um, getting the draw at Kings Lynn and then those two wins. So um, it does show the character that this side have got as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, even, even the defeat in Peterborough, we had a bit of bad luck with some you know, engine failures and stuff like that within the team. So if we're, uh, if we're all on our game and even just uh, not at our best, but, you know, producing our part in the team, I'm, I'm be a bit unstoppable. Yeah, the team have had a, a really good record against Bellevue this season as well, haven't they? Yeah, it's crazy to see. Uh, I've only did one other year with Wolves, but it seems like every time we've gone there, we were getting uh, struggling a bit, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, luckily we're turning around. Um, we're, we're finding our feet and um, hopefully we can just keep the momentum rolling. Yeah, the, the afternoon meeting was Wolves' uh, last scheduled one of the, the regular season. We've just got uh, two more coming up at Monmouth Green now and uh, important to keep that momentum going ahead of those all-important playoffs. Yeah, we've been uh, doing awesome at home this year so far, so we can't uh, 
can't really complain, but at the same time, we, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and um, just got to keep our foot on the gas. Yeah, the, the confidence in the team is uh, clear for everyone to see, but when you look at some of the results, it's not as if Wolves have had a, a, a massive, massive win for a, a, a long amount of time and uh, must feel as if something, something special must be around the corner now. Yeah, uh, everybody's already said it themselves. We have awesome team spirit within the, within the boys, so that can go a long way. And um, having that just, you know, off the track is definitely something that uh, you need to, you know, to, to win. So, and we have that. So uh, if we could just keep that going and, and uh, keep our riding on the track going, uh, we should be good to go. Yeah, and individually, you've got to be delighted with the, with the progress you've made and uh, the way your second premiership season is turning out. Yeah, after having a year off due to COVID, it definitely uh, wasn't something in my plans. And um, this year has been going really good. I can't complain. So i just getting soaking it all in, trying to, you know, just be a sponge and um, soak it all up and gain as much experience as I can. There is Luke Becker, known as the sponge, um, and uh, yeah, predicted to have a big future by Peter Adams. Um, another rider who uh, has already been through the Peter Adams School of Speedway, of course, is Ty Woffenden, and Ty has been helping out um, Dan Bewley quite a lot this season and certainly has improved um, his game, you'd have to say, over the course of 2021. And um, whilst it was a disappointing evening for the Bellevue Aces um, at Wolves on Monday, in fact, a disappointing day for Bellevue Aces, of course, because um, it didn't really go to plan, taking no points from the two meetings. But Dan Bewley did score 15 at the National Speedway Stadium and then 13 around Monmore, which is not a bad day's work for him personally. Let's hear from Dan Bewley right now, speaking with Ryan Guest. Yeah, it wasn't what we wanted, you know. We we came in looking at this, and we really want to get two wins just to, you know, show we can show we show what we can do, you know, before the playoffs. But um, we all had some good races, just you know, not not good meetings. So uh, yeah, two defeats, but we all had some highlights, just not consistently. Yeah, like you say, it's a, it must be a frustrating one because obviously Bellevue have shown what they can do when, when everyone clicks. Um, but like you say, with uh, the, the playoff spot already cemented, need to really start building some momentum sooner rather than later. Yeah, you know, and it kind of looks like we're pretty weak at the minute, but uh, I don't think that's the case. You know, we've I think Lemo was saying this is our worst away performance. So uh, we've been pretty good on the road. And uh, yeah, I think if we came back here, we'd do better. So... Uh, yeah, we can just kind of pray we we, uh, we score some more points. and uh, Yeah, but I'm pretty happy with how everything's going and I think we're pretty strong no matter what. Yeah, from within the camp itself, does it certainly feel as if there's still plenty more to come from the Aces in that business end of the season? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think hopefully we step up when, it, when we get there. But, um, you know, I think on a personal note, I'm pretty happy with how I've been riding and uh, last few weeks have been fun. Just we haven't been winning, so it just bit of a you know mixed emotions but uh, you know the rest of the boys feel good and uh, they feel like they can turn it around so yeah there's uh, certainly a, a rivalry developed with Wolverhampton over the last couple of years uh, one uh, rivalry that's existed for, for years and been renewed this year is that against Sheffield uh, a trip to Alderton on, on Thursday uh, lost by two last time you were there and then uh, back at the National Speedway Stadium against the Tigers next Monday so two tasty clashes to look forward to now yeah, it's you know somewhat of a, a local derby. So uh, yeah, we we almost got the job done last time there, and uh, you know I think hopefully we can get it done this time. We we ain't won for a while, so we'll be good to turn it around. 
There's Dan Bewley there speaking with Ryan Guest. Um, as I say, it was a decent day on Bank Holiday Monday for Dan Bewley personally with the uh, amount of points he got, 27 points, I think it was, across the, the two meetings, which is not to be sniffed at, of course. It was the Wolves who came away with the spoils. Let's hear from another of the Bellevue riders right now because um, our own Phil Lanning has been chatting with Brady Kurtz and this was ahead of the fixture earlier in the day at Bellevue. Um, just chatting with Brady about um, his season so far really riding for Bellevue and also a little bit of insight on a new signing for Glasgow Tigers who's coming from Poland uh, you'll hear that mentioned at the end of this uh, here's Phil with Brady Kurtz is there something about Bellevue which is fairly unforgiving this track because you can one minute for every rider I speak to here will have the same opinion that you can one minute you can go out and be a world champion and you can go out in the next race and it's a completely different setup and it can be very difficult to sort of mentally to deal with that all the time. Uh, probably kind of. I think you could... It's definitely a track that everyone can go fast on, that's for sure. But I think speed hasn't really been my problem. I've just not been making starts here for one reason or another. But I haven't really been going that good on any of the tracks, to be honest. So I can't really just blame it on Bellevue being not a good home track. But I definitely enjoy riding here, so it definitely makes it better when you enjoy where you ride. So I uh, will see. I've still got a few meetings to go, so... Has it been a big divorce for you coming away from Paul, where you were so familiar at, to come to another track? And we've had them, we had the pandemic, and has it been like resetting again? Is that maybe part of the reason why it's taken you a bit of time to get adjusted, maybe? Yeah, possibly. You know, I spent the whole of last year only riding out in Poland, and now that I've come back, it's I've remembered how different it is to race in England, and that's, probably that's might have played a part in it, but it doesn't matter what what the reason is, I need to fix it, and I, um, yeah, I need to get some points on the board, so we'll... Um, we're definitely working hard for it. How good is this Bellevue team? You think it's good enough to win the league? Yeah, definitely. I think there's, well, today today is obviously our biggest test, mm-hmm. Wolves home and away, and this is going to probably see who is, the, who is the best team right at this moment. So mm-hmm. we'll see after today, but I think definitely we've, we've got it in us. Okay, and do you feel that yourself and the, a couple of others just need to go, if you can find another level towards the playoffs, that would make all the difference? Yeah, I think we, we just haven't had everyone go good at the same time all year. I've had me good and bad meetings and then some other boys have done the same and we all just haven't really got it all together at one time, so hopefully today's that day. Okay. I must ask you on something separate there. Um, Glasgow have signed Martian Novak. Yeah. I think you ride with him in yeah. Woodge. Yeah, um, what's, really what's, well. he, what's he like? Uh, I really like Martian, actually. Me and him are quite quite good friends in Woodge. We speak a lot and um, he's actually a really good rider, I think. I'm sure he'll, he'll be the same as any new rider to England. Of course, he'll struggle on the tougher tracks and whatnot, but I think at, at Glasgow he'll, be, he'll definitely be really good, I think. Yeah. Give, comes in reserve him, as well. Oh, really? I think give him a few matches and I think he'll definitely be, be a good signing. <laughs> is he, well, how well is he regarded in Poland? Is he, is he like, is he a young guy who's coming through that uh, people are noticing? Think, yeah, I think he's like a year older than me, maybe. He's not too old, like 24 or something, I yeah. think he'd be. But he's only, he's always been in like second division. Now this is the last two years he's gone to first division in Woods and mm-hmm. he started going really good in the last few meetings we had. So it'll be interesting to see good stuff. how he goes. But I, I rate him, I think. Good, good rider. Well, uh, the new signing for Glasgow Tigers, Martin Novach, getting the seal of approval from Brady Kurtz there, chatting with Phil Lanning and more for Glasgow Tigers fans to come because we're going to hear from Tom Brennan about his move north of the border, having been released by Eastbourne and we'll talk all about that Eastbourne situation very soon as well. Um, just to round off uh, on the Premiership for now, um, following those fixtures on uh, on Monday, obviously we've been talking about Wolves being in, in the box seat Phil Lanning Um, but once we get into the playoffs themselves 
anything can happen, as we know. We're a long way from uh, handing trophies out just yet. And, uh, you know, th- there could still be a few surprises sprung by, by those teams in the playoffs yet. It can it can change with a click of the fingers. I mean, look at Ulrich Ostergaard was having his best season and, and within, uh, you know, and if you look at the effect that's had on, on Glasgow as well. And, um, and for Peterborough, that's always that is still a concern. I gather they're still looking to to do something with that situation, um, but they've been but rider placement or has has worked quite well for them. But um, but again, we're getting into this situation now. We we're we're also going to go into the autumn where tracks can be a bit more uh, iffy and unpredictable, where things can go wrong. It gets a bit more tense. It's a lot more on the line. People have given it a bit more than they normally would. So. Uh, Again, anything can happen. We all know what speedways like, but that's what's great. If listen, if that's if that's going to make it exciting, and 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 no one really knows what's going to happen, I think it's good for everybody. Well, we'll we'll speak more about some of the action from the um, Premiership and the Championship fairly soon. But first of all, let's turn to that um, big news from the past week, which. Um, I think certain people within within Speedway all have known that um, Eastbourne were finding things a little bit tricky on the financial front. And now we get the news, of course, and it's the confirmed that they are withdrawing from the rest of the season. Um, first of all, from, from your point of view, Eastbourne is a club very close to your family's heart because your, your dad was involved um, a couple of times in the well late 60s and through the early mid-70s uh, at, at Eastbourne as, as a manager there. And um, to see... Uh, a name like Eastbourne, which has really been one of the oldest speedway names in Britain, really from you know nineteen twenties, one of the first real clubs, I think, to be formed. Um, to see them in this in this state is is pretty sad for for everybody in speedway. It is. It um, this feels pretty personal, actually. Um, um, I I pretty much grew up at, at Arlington, um, as did my as did my brother and sister. We had. Uh, several different stints there. My, my, my father was the promoter there with the Dugards. We grew up with the Dugard family. Um, and uh, then my brother was the promoter in uh, in 84, 85, 86 and 87. And it was a, two terrific people. We, we look back on the times with Eastbourne with, with, as our best times in Speedway. And But Eastbourne is like the bedrock of British Speedway. I mean, it's, it's arguably the greatest... Um, conveyor belt of talent that's come through from the when the junior track was there and um and that's what makes it so hard to accept because well and, and just the hope that it can come back in 2022 i hope this is a this is a blip rather than anything permanent um right now the biggest difference right now the east one have had moments of vulnerability in the past um but one big difference now is that the sad passing of Bob Dugard in 2018, and Bob was always the person who bailed it out. It was always his, it was always his train set. It was always his place. That was his playground, and uh, and it was his love. And they've they've all been involved. All the Dugard family have been involved for, for so many years. You know, right from Charlie through to Bob, uh, Charlie, and then obviously his son Bob, and then Bob's brothers John and Eric, and then there was Bob's sons Martin and Paul, and and their son, uh, Martin's son, Kelsey and Connor, and it, and now Martin's stepson, Tom Brennan. I mean, the family tree is phenomenal. It's it's an incredible dynasty there, and to see it in this situation is really hard to take. And and um, it's ironic that it's the first Dugard. It's not been running the club when it's got into this situation. Um, but this is a club that's that's born superstars: Gordon Kennett, Dave Jessup, Mark Laram, Martin Dugard, Colin Richardson, Lee Richardson, uh, Neil Middleditch. 
So it's very important as part of the fabric of British Speedway and I sincerely hope that it can come back from this. I, um, it's always a worry. Um, I, th I think there's always a worry and then there's the negativity surrounding a club closing in a season as well. I, I don't think Speedway appreciates sometimes how damaging that is that to some people that can look like the whole of the sport has closed down, not just one club. The same effect at the start of the season with, with uh, Somerset and Swindon. Um, so all we can hope for is that that, that Speedway comes back in 2022 and that there's a passion from the people who own the stadium, which is Margaret, uh, Bob's wife, Margaret, and uh, and his brother, Eric, own the stadium, that there's a passion for them to to continue it and that there's someone can come in who can run the Speedway and make it profitable. What's gone wrong here, Phil, do you think? What's what's the issue at play? I mean, we're hearing about financial problems, but is, is, there, is there more to it than that? What was the uh, series of events that that led Eastbourne to this particular situation, as you understand it? Like most of these situations, there's probably a combination of factors. Um, I think Eastbourne, um, there was an idea apparently that that when Eastbourne, Martin Dugard and Connor Dugard ran it on a level at the National League um, up until 2019, it was up until 2018, and it was a, uh, the, the outgoing costs uh, matched um, the income from crowd sizes and it was a very tidy little um, industry if you like uh, which sort of was comfortable and they made it work I think it was never appreciated um, that it wouldn't work in the championship it was the, the, the decision to step up clearly was based on again only what I'm told was based on the fact that Lakeside and Rye House are closed and that would they would pick up fans from the clubs which are closed that doesn't tend to happen in Speedway um, down the years. I think uh, with other clubs who've gone with that theory, and the the, the numbers didn't stack up, and so the num those those supporters didn't come, or in, certainly not in the magnitude that was that was hoped or needed, and therefore it remained per imperative that it was marketing money that, that that funded the club to to bolster the income which was needed to to fund the extra cost involved in Championship Speedway. Um, and I think that's where the pandemic took its bite because obviously there was no marketing. The first budget that was cut from every single company anywhere in the UK or maybe in Europe or the world, the first thing that went was marketing or people paying for sponsorships, etc. So any hope of, of gaining that sort of revenue had was gone in the click of a fingers. Like, like, like most, like, you know, everyone else in any other industries found the same thing. So the combination of those two things and um, were, were obviously too big a burden to overcome. Um, some can, I, I mean, I can't, I, I haven't seen any spreadsheets, and nor nor do I want to. But it seems like the the, the it seems like the cost of the riders was it was quite high, um, and that was ultimately the thing that why the riders haven't been paid, and and that's the thing that hurts the most. I think is that there's. Uh, that the riders who put their neck on the line haven't been paid, and that's that's a hard thing to swallow. And I hope that the riders can sort that out somehow. Um, and to be fair, Ian Jordan has, I think he's come out yesterday and said that, that all all outstanding monies will be paid. And I'm, I hope that's honoured. I think Ian has always been he's always struck me as a very honourable man. Um, and um, I hope that comes good. And I, and and I feel sorry for the stress that it's involved. And Ultimately, the pe the biggest people who suffer are the fans because Eastbourne fans have been 
strikingly loyal over the years and uh, for them to lose their club uh, suddenly like this is and it is I'm, a, I'm an Eastbourne fan um, and always have been and they, they are uh, there's a couple of clubs in my life which are, are close to my heart or two or three clubs perhaps and Eastbourne's one of them and it is it's it's, a, it's properly heartbreaking and for those poor people who can't go to see their speeder at the weekend it's hard for them with with your sort of fans hat on, but um, also knowing what you know about Speedway and and how it's run, and and, and the business side of it, and, and your general involvement around the sport, what do you say to those fans who who believe that maybe other clubs, um, maybe British Speedway as a whole, should have um, quote done more to to, to save Eastbourne? Um, because that's not really sort of how the how the organisations set up the, with the best will in the world, is it? I mean, what do you say to those fans that that believe that that, that not enough has been done to, to prevent this happening? We can all be opinions, and we can all be a chairman, and we can. It's like being England football manager. We're all. In it, we, it's all easy. To, it's obviously when you sit on your settee at home and go, "Well, I could have done that, and I would have done this." But the one thing you can't do, you can't predict the future. Um, you can't actually physically. Um, deal with everyone else's businesses as a chairman of the BSPL and you can have the best will in the world and look and see well that you know but if if you you can you can worry about things but you if if you've got the promoter of Eastbourne and says well we're fine and we're okay and we've got this we've based our business on this or whatever even if you question on that you have to take their word for it and you can't it's a bit like the the the, in football I mean the non-league football had problems last year during the pandemic I think Dover went to the war and there's other in the best will of the world in a, in a sport which is swilling with money they still have their problems and and speedway you you just cannot see what's around the corner all the time you can't you can't you know rob godfrey isn't mystic meg and nor is anyone else in the directors and yes they have their faults but on this occasion i think that to try and to try and keep a lid on all of those promoters and all of those clubs is an impossible task and all you can hope for is that all of those different businessmen can manage to keep things together and on this occasion, and we are in extraordinary times, um, and this is always going to be a difficult year, and um, and that's been the main, I think that's probably been the major problem. If you look at the other clubs that have find, found difficulties, I think the pandemic has probably been the underlying thread of all of these things. Well, we wish everybody at Eastbourne Eagles all the very best, and, and here's hoping that we see them back in action next season, um, you know, bigger and better in, in 2022. For the short term, though, the riders um, are free to uh, find alternative clubs, and a number of them have already been signed up um, around the place, and we'll run through those in a bit more detail soon. But the first one, of course, is Tom Brennan, who moves to the Glasgow Tigers for the remainder of the season. Now, We've we've had Tom on this podcast before. He did a whole episode, and uh, you can you can go back and listen to that actually because some of the stuff he's talking about and the, the work he puts in. You know, I've mentioned it before, you know, but it, it's impressive to to hear and such a wise head on young shoulders. And I think you know if he keeps going the way he's going, he's he's in for a good career. And uh, you know, there's no limit to to what he could potentially achieve in Speedway. I would I would totally agree with you. Um, I'm probably a little bit slightly biased with Tom because. Um, I've known him for a while, and I, I, I just think he's very level-headed, um, and he's and he's come through quite a lot. And, and but he's he does talk well, um, and he seems to have um, his feet on the ground. Where and it, and he also listens. He looks, That's always the thing that I look for in in young riders, and when or any any sportsman is that when people listen, 
you always know they're going to be good. And he's got very good people around him. Um, he's got the likes of Martin as his stepfather, who's you know won a British Grand Prix. He's got his um, his girlfriend's father, that Kristen Cummings, his father's Craig Cummings, who's the brains behind Billy Hamill's um, mechanical brains, I should say. But you know his 1996 World Championship win. They know how to run businesses. They know how to run businesses in Speedway, and I think people sometimes don't appreciate. That the bit you know they just look at speed riders as guys who just climb aboard a bike and put their necks on the line. Behind that is a really difficult business to run, which is really hard to base any predictability on because you base it on all on um, money you earn, and it's it can be to try and work out tuners and all that sort of thing and setups. But even before you've looked at a track uh, or got over you know put your leg over a bike, it's so he's got good people around him setting up in the right way, and I. And I, I do think the way he talks is terrific. But I have to say, this current generation of riders, the likes of Drew Kemp, um, Carl Bickley, Leon Flint, um, Anders Rowe, all talk very well. And I, and I, and I'm, that's very promising for all of them. But, but Thomas, um, I'm delighted he sorted out because obviously that was. It's a difficult thing to do at this, this stage of the season. Well, you've both got Eastbourne Eagles firmly in common, and um, quite a lot discussed about that in this chat, but also about that move to Glasgow as well with Tom Brennan. You're a Glasgow Tiger now, and that's been announced tonight at Ashfield. Um, it's not a statement I thought I'd be saying at this stage of the season, but for you, it comes with a huge dose of sadness for the outcome of Eastbourne, naturally. Um, but at the same time, you're a professional sportsman and you've had to get the best possible outcome and join another club. And you've joined a very, very big club. Yeah, um, as you say, I am absolutely delighted uh, to be a part of Glasgow. Um, such a professional team. Um, to sort of see from where they come from um, a few years ago, to, to sort of see the empire they've built now. And the fans are always good and the atmosphere is always good. And, um, you know, for me to be joining end of the year is um, is always pretty tough. I mean, obviously, teams are always settled in and they always have their mm-hmm. riders and their management's all sorted. So for someone to come in full time um, is obviously a bit of a shock to the system for everyone and especially for me. But... I've, I've been made to feel really, really good. And um, obviously, Peter Fasana and um, Cami Brown and all these people that have sort of made me feel like home. So uh, yeah. for me, it's great, great news that I can get a team and, the, and obviously such a such a uh, good team like Glasgow. But um, on the other hand, it's also it's also real sad um, to sort of be with Eastbourne since I was, oh, God knows, like mm-hmm. seven, eight years old and to sort of see what Bob Dugard and obviously same as Martin and Connor mm-hmm. and all these people that obviously built, built Eastbourne Speedway and... Mm-hmm. Um, for the years and years that it was, and obviously the um, the reputation it has, and for it to end this way for them is obviously really really sad. But I think we're all behind them, and um, hopefully they can then come back come back next year, and um, this definitely won't be the end of uh, the end of Eastbourne Eagles. Hopefully, have you had to detach yourself from the emotional side of that? Because we are in the midst of a season. We're now getting to the business end of a season, and you've had to deal with that emotional side of it. And it is very close to you. It's not just a, as I say, you've sort of grown up there and. Obviously, your stepfather is, you know, Martin has been entwined with the club since he was, since he was, you know, since he was born. And his yeah. grandfather and his father and his, all his family being in there at some stage or other. For you to be so closely knit with the club and to have to come away from that at this point isn't easy. Um, have you just had to focus totally on where you go from here to sort of go, right, I've got to just be professional about this? Yeah, yeah, well... To sort of start it off, I mean, I think Kelsey, obviously Martin's son, was at Eastbourne Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, I think, like, God knows, like a week after he was born or something, mm-hmm. or something stupid. Just mm-hmm. literally his first steps, first 
life, everything you say about Martin and, and obviously his family and same as Bob mm -hmm. and Eric and Paul, you know, all these people, their life is based around the speedway. And mm -hmm. for Martin, it was it was a daily thing to go to the track, you know, mm -hmm. it, it was just to go there. And, and that was obviously part of his life. And unfortunately, it's obviously been 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 taken over. And obviously, in, um, in 2019, it was it was great. And obviously, that's the first year that, that mm -hmm. obviously Martin wasn't really to do with it. And same as Connor. And it was really good and it was it was really really well you know for them and unfortunately i mean things obviously turned south pretty quick in speedway i think i think we obviously all know that but unfortunately for them they obviously just got themselves in trouble and it's a shame because and the, Ian, and the pandemic Jordan, has been yeah, difficult for a lot of yeah. as a lot yeah, of uh, it's we, been difficult for everybody yeah. as well so that may have contributed yeah, heavily i think we have to yeah you know that's that's a pretty big point i mean that's a very big point obviously mm. for all for all businesses across the whole world has yeah. obviously suffered so absolutely for them it's it's tough and obviously trying to get the people back in i know they had a few bad crowds but ultimately it's one of those decisions they had to make to close the club and it was hard and it's very very hard for them um and obviously for me um to sort of to sort of be so close with the club and obviously only a few weeks ago you know i was full-time with them and there was mm -hmm. there was no problem and you know even till an hour ago you know it was like mm -hmm. i'm still with them and mm -hmm. unfortunately it's, it's such a sad situation and for me to try and turn up every week and with obviously the money situation and blah blah, blah i can go on about all that all the time yeah. but to be in the situation i'm in now and it's tough to, to, to try and score the points and try and carry on and but I think we the, had to just the, carry on and put our heads down and that's what we've done. Absolutely. So. Now Tom Brennan is a Glasgow rider and a Bellevue rider and you've now going into two playoffs. Yeah. You sort of... How difficult is it for you to come here? I mean, you've, you've ridden as a... You were effectively a guest tonight until about half past nine yeah. uh, when it was announced. But... Um, you obviously want to put. You made a really sweet move in your first ride to come under Jai Etheridge, and then you picked up coming out the second bend and yeah. came down. Um, you then had a bike blow up, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so you've had a tricky night in that sense. How difficult is it for you to reinvent yourself as a rider suddenly to have this as your home track? Yeah, I mean tonight, tonight, tonight was a struggle. Um, we had we had two first real good rides, and I know obviously the first one um, sort of ended like that, and that's. Um, you know, pretty unchar uh, uncharacteristic of myself, yeah. you know. So mm -hmm. for me to do that was a bit of a shock to myself more than anything, you know, um, to sort of pick up like that middle of the corner. It was mm -hmm. a very, very rookie mistake. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, we obviously have to learn from that and sometimes you have to do, do so stupid moves like that. extra pressure on you tonight, do you think? Um, yes and no. I mean, yes, because, you know, obviously I wanted to do the best for Glasgow um, mm -hmm. as much as I could. But at the same time, it, I have to treat it as sort of every uh, meeting as I, as, I, as I do. And mm. I've been pretty busy recently. So everything has been speedway, 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 speedway. And I think tonight sort of opened my eyes to I need to sort of have, maybe have a little bit of a break from that and try and try and in, sort of enjoy racing a little bit more. Mm. Um, you were picking moment, up from the starts tonight, which didn't help yeah, you either. Yeah, I mean, I was making good. The first three starts I did were actually really mm. good. And then when I swapped bikes, you know, mentally that's hard anyway. And <laughs> to swap and change bikes and I just sort of panicked and um, admittedly all the all the starting technique all the visions all the everything that you normally do pre-race all went and I was just <laughs> I was like I was a bit of a mess the last two races admittedly and unfortunately things like that can't happen and to be yeah. the professional speed rider that, that I obviously want to be I, I can't be doing mistakes like that but you're a young happen, guy so. you're a young guy and there's yeah. been a lot going on in the last couple of weeks for you to deal with yeah you've also this is a big year for you you've also riding in the premiership as well which is a massive leap yeah uh, to be a rising star and Bellevue is fairly unforgiving as a home track yeah. uh, because it's all about horsepower and getting your wheels in line. You've probably, be fair to say, struggled a little bit more at home than you have away from home, yeah. uh, strange enough. So you've had a lot to deal with. And so do you feel like now, this next week, you think, right, OK, I'm back to where I want to be. I, I need to just settle down now yeah. and, and knuckle down somehow and, and maybe emotionally settle down as well. Yeah, I think, you know, there's... 
with the whole esports situation and the whole, you know, mm -hmm. clubs and blah, 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 it's brought a lot of stress and obviously mm -hmm. for everyone in, in my whole household, um, everyone mm -hmm. has been stressed, been thinking about solutions and not mm -hmm. been thinking straight, you know, and mm -hmm. like you say, now to be signed up with, with, um, with I'm such a great club like, uh, like Glasgow, I can mm -hmm. now reset and refocus and, and just sort of relax a bit now because it's been very, very tense, it's been very rushed, it's been very mm -hmm. unorganised and unfortunately that doesn't bring you results and I think in, in anything you're doing, you know, if, if you aren't, aren't organised or, or sort of ready for it, unfortunately things, things mm -hmm. aren't going to go to plan. So mm -hmm. for me now it's a fresh start and it's a, I couldn't be happier really. So. And a very busy week coming up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, busy's good. Listen, yeah. thanks for your time and uh, congratulations on the move. Thank you very much. Cheers. And there's Tom Brennan speaking with Phil Lanning. All the very best to Tom on his uh, new life in the championship with the Glasgow Tigers. And it's going to be a busy week for Tom, kicking off life with the Tigers with a trip to Pool Pirates um, later this week. That's going to be on um, Friday. And then on Saturday, they're racing at Leicester, um, followed by a match on the Sunday um, at home at Ashfield against Scunthorpe. So three meetings in three days. Um, on the back, of course, doing the uh, double header on, on Monday with uh, with Bellevue as well so busy time and then Bellevue back in action again uh, on, on Monday uh, racing against Sheffield so yeah he's going to be a busy boy this next week is Tom Brennan there's been further signings though across British Speedway largely as a result of, of the events involving Eastbourne Eagles we'll run through some of those moves with Phil Lanning uh, in just a few moments and we're also going to hear from Jason Crump very soon as well so lots more on the way here on No Break no fear. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan. Great to be back with you once again on this official British Speedway podcast. No brakes, no fear. Now, if you haven't liked or subscribed to our podcast feed yet, make sure you do that on whichever app you use, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, or one of the other many hundreds that there are. <laughs> so many to keep up with. But if you like and follow us, um, many of them, them work that um, if you do that, it makes sure that you, you get the episode definitely every week and you don't have to kind of refresh your, your app. So that's what it does. Certainly with Apple Podcasts, it's worth doing because it makes sure it down it'll download it for you. Um, so do that, like and subscribe. It's totally free. It doesn't actually sign you up to anything apart from just making sure that the podcast turns up on time, really. So if you could do that, that would be fantastic. And leave us a review if you wish, as long as it's a nice one. Um, but anyway, let's crack on with what we've got uh, next here on No Breaks, No Fear. Hear from Jason Crump very soon. But on the subject of team changes that we were talking about before with, with Tom Brennan, we heard all about the Eastbourne situation. Um, Glasgow have made another big signing as well. And there's been quite a bit of news for you to get your, your teeth stuck into, Phil, with various team changes happening, some of which are being a result of riders being available now because of what's happened at Eastbourne and um, some other uh, teams looking to fill slots as well ahead of the playoffs and transfer deadlines and so on. So lots for you to get your teeth into. Absolutely. I mean, Glasgow have um, had a... An incredible 72 hours, quite frankly. Um, they've sort of, uh, they lost Craig Cook on Thursday with his uh, his personal issues, which um, I'm delighted he took a break with because Craig is, has spoken quite eloquently in the past about his his health issues and his mental health issues, and, and he's right to do that. And I think we're seeing that more and more in top-line sport, that people are, are appreciating that this is not, you know, this is the hidden... Uh, worry of a of sportsman and anyone in any walk of life. So I'm delighted he took a break. So Glasgow lost him on Thursday. 
Um, they then uh, they then beat Berwick. They then reveal Tom uh, as as a signing, um, and then pulled a real rabbit out of the hat on Saturday by uh, bringing in Mar- Marcin Novac, a Polish rider from uh, Łódź, um, and dropping Justin Sedgman. And it's I think. That's, that's a hell of a gamble at this stage of the season. Um, I think Glasgow appreciate that. The trouble is the marketplace, and, and this is where it's become very, very... From, from a journalist's point of view, it's great. We get new things to write about, and it's exciting. It's a bit like suddenly... It's a bit like the, the transfer deadline day in football. You know, it's you know expect to have Jim White on there wearing yellow and <laughs> shouting and screaming and Harry Redknapp talking out of his Range Rover car window about who's turned up at Carrington and all these things. For Speedway, the lot, the lot this week has been the closest we've probably ever got to that, at the expense of Eastbourne, sadly. But my concern is, is there's a little bit of a worry that suddenly we've got, and, and Speedway's be, it's become a growing trend that this has happened, um, that there's people, riders are getting treated a bit like zero-hour workers, and that's a real concern because they put the necks on the line. and uh, But to some of the stuff which where they're getting dropped at a, uh, a drop of a hat is a, is a bit concerning to say the least and an unfair on lots of them um but the marketplace changes and once once one team does something and it changes the strengths of teams during a season then the others don't have uh, the promoters and promoters people can complain about promoters and say oh well they do this and they do that but the trouble is with social media is that the pressure from fans if they don't get a result or if they see someone other team signing a bigger better rider making them stronger you know promoters then look into their Social media the next day, think, crikey, we're not going to get a crowd next week unless we get a better team because they're going to get fed up with us or whatever. So it's a really tricky situation. A lot of these decisions now, the worry now as we come into the playoffs is that it depends who's been the most savvy in the transfer market almost with picking up which Eastbourne rider. Um, and obviously Redcar picked up Louis Kerr and uh, and Plymouth have picked up Richard Lawson and, and, and Tom Brennan has gone to Glasgow. I gather that Drew Kemp is going to uh, probably get fixed up as well. Um, but um, those clubs, it's going to make it, listen, for the clubs, for the, for, the, for the fans of those clubs they've gone to, it's a whole breath of fresh air. It's a, someone else's support, which is great. The, 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 the challenging thing for me personally is the people have lost their jobs. So I, I think there's, there needs to be some sort of protection for riders Somehow, right from the off of the season, there needs to be some sort of transfer window where riders aren't just swapped willy-nilly like smarties. Um, but, you know, at this point, it looks like the playoffs are going to be really exciting because we've got some really strong sides now. Um, but I th- I th- again, I think the marketplace has changed dramatically as the season's unfolded. But that's been the case in Speedway now for the last oof, five, six, seven seasons, I think it's been going on where it's become... Who can pick up the best? You know, who can fill in the the best rider at the right time of the year, and who can peak at the right time? We uh, and 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 make make use of a good signing. This is the No Breaks, No Fear podcast, the official podcast of British Speedway. I'm Ian Brannan, and I'm joined in this episode by Speedway writer and uh, sports publicist Phil Lanning to uh, look back and uh, look ahead to everything that's happening. And next, we're going to turn our attention to someone who Phil is very familiar with, a very close friend and uh, someone who's been involved in uh, this guy's career for um, many, many years 
is indeed. He is Jason Crump. And unbelievably, it's taken until this stage of the season for Jason Crump to actually appear on this podcast, even though we discussed him in the very first episode with Chris Louie. And uh, Chris Louie was telling us the story in episode one about hearing the rumour that Jason Crump was thinking about getting back on a speedway bike again and, 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 and coming back into the sport. And... The deal was done for him to arrive. Of course, COVID happened. He should have been here in 2020. Um, That was delayed to 2021. And finally, he's here and he's been racing for the Plymouth Gladiators and, of course, the Ipswich Witches. And um, let's find out about how Jason Crump feels his season has gone so far. Um, He's been speaking with Ryan Guest. Well, Jason, obviously, uh, 2021's been your return to to Speedway and British Speedway. Um, How would you sum it up overall? Um, the last couple of weeks have been not so bad, obviously being injured, um, you know, at the end of May and missing the whole of June and July was, was pretty crappy, but, um, you know, I'm starting to get back into the swing of riding now and, um, yeah, going okay, having a bit of fun. Obviously, if you can win some races, it's more fun. Yeah, I was going to say that was always uh, the, the expectation as well. When you have been uh, away from so long, always going to be difficult. What have the, the main differences been that you found? Do you know what? It's it's difficult to say because obviously, as I said, I'd done five, I think I'd done four or five meetings before I was injured and I actually felt like I was just starting to get going. I'd had a couple of decent meetings for, for Ipswich and unfortunately a lot of the Plymouth ones have been rained off at the start of the year so I didn't get to ride for them very much but it's when you miss two months and everybody's riding in the early part of the season especially when you've had some time off it's difficult to to get back into the swing of it but you know definitely just getting the mindset into being a speedway rider again is a little difficult but um it's been fun it's been enjoyable you know there's been moments that have been very disheartening you know I've had a few bad meetings where you know I've got two or three points so they're disappointing but um you know you kind of go home and have a sleep and wake up and refocus for the next meeting and it's it's all fun or it should be anyway yeah I was going to say with obviously everything you've achieved in your career how how difficult have those meetings been to, to take yeah difficult and you know I don't think I think what you've achieved before is irrelevant um you're judged on every race and every meeting that you go in for the result that you get that day and and that's definitely the case for for me now yeah looking at the two clubs um been a, a tough one for for Ipswich in the premiership obviously gonna uh, need to rely on uh, other results and get a, a, a lot of wins on the board in these closing few weeks as well to, to get in the playoffs i think we're done actually i think mathematically we're done but um you know again i feel for the Ipswich supporters and fans and promotion because you know the, the couple of meetings before i hurt myself i kind of i got 13 at home against sheffield and i got the week before i got eight from four against bellevue including a last and you know i was kind of just getting finding where i wanted to be i felt so um disappointing for them and and obviously disappointing for plymouth as well yeah, for, for Plymouth, though, um, particularly it's in, in the home meetings, certainly getting a good value for money down there, a, a lot of last eight deciders and a, a good turnaround to beat Birmingham last night. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, it's frustrating from a rider's point of view because Bjarni and I have been faced with it a couple of, you know, more, more times than not actually going into a last eight decider, but it's, it's good for the crowd and, and it certainly reminds me about uh, what a bit of pressure in Speedway is about, that's for sure, because you've got to try and win at home. Yeah, and this championship, it is a really strong league, isn't it? 
very, very close to, to the top league, actually. And, um, you know, it's there's not easy races in this league. Like, you know, you go back through the history of the second division, the National League, whatever it's been called. Um, you could look at programs and see an easy race, but there's not so many of them around now. Yeah, just finally, obviously still a, a few weeks to go left of 2021. Any early thoughts for 2022? No, not yet. Um, you know, I just have to sit down at the end of the year and try and figure out what, what I want to do and um, if, if anybody wants me to ride. It was a surprise, uh, I think, that he was going to be racing again. And obviously this was a, a surprise from last year, really, that was, that was put on hold and and um, there was always that risk that it wasn't going to happen, but it has happened. And he's come back into Speedway after quite a quite a time out, having retired and then unretired and got back involved. Um, Phil Lanning is our guest in this episode. Phil, you know Jason Crump as well as anybody does. Um, were you surprised to see him get back involved in Speedway at such a level in the Premiership and in the Championship, having previously retired? And uh, and what do you think the, the the motivation behind it was? Yeah, I mean, I've I, I worked with Jason uh, from from nineteen ninety seven to to when he uh, to when he quit in twenty twelve, and um, I know him extremely well. And um, Jason never does anything by halves. Um, and if Jason Crump feels he can do a job, he'll do the job. And 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 he knows himself better than anybody else, and always has done. Um, when he first decided to come back, I questioned him about that, and and I questioned his legacy, and and the potential damage he could do to that. Um, he was adamant that he was the that was the right thing to do, and that he wanted to do it. And and when you listen to him and you hear what he has to say and what his reasoning is, I mean, you you can't argue with him. He 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 feels like you know he's a long time retired, and he he will be, and that's this is his last hurrah. And but the, he wanted a race against. He wanted one last hurrah against the likes of the guys who who was he he looked at and he was training up as kids when when in the in the early nineties or late nineties or early two thousands and he's now doing that. Um, I don't think people quite understood how bad the injury was he got at Wolverhampton. I think to break eight ribs and to then have fluid on the lungs is is extremely difficult um, and. It's very painful, and I think it took an awful lot out of him. Um, and but Jason is a force of nature. Uh, you don't win what Jason has without really being uh, different class and world class. And and I'm really quite pleased to see the, the way he's um, going about. It's, it's almost like he's having this sort of this sort of swan song and having his chance to say goodbye in some ways and lots of ways. But he's enjoying himself, and I, he. Another thing people don't really understand is that when he was at the top of his game, he never really got to enjoy it because he was so busy that he didn't enjoy racing. It was a job. And for instance, when he got a 24-point maximum at Cardiff and won the British Grand Prix, I once said to him, you know, when he quit, was that obviously was the highlight of your career. He says, I don't remember anything about it. All I was bothered about was getting back in the van and making it making it on time because I was riding in Poland the next day. I didn't. He said, I didn't even think it was just another meeting. I did it. I knew it was good for my World Championship hopes, but then I moved. So he didn't get a chance to enjoy racing. It was really just so non-stop, but he's now getting that chance to enjoy it. He's enjoying it with his family down in in the southwest, which he never had the chance to before. He's got his son with him, Seth. And it's and I think that's quite healthy, and I'm, I'm really genuinely pleased for him. But, but the one thing I will say is that never underestimate Jason Crump. 
because he is an absolutely world-class sportsman and the greatest ever Australian to get on a speedo bike. And that's why you should always understand that when he makes a decision, it's going to be a good one. Given that, you know, how long we've had to wait to, to, to see him finally make his appearance back in British Speedway again with the with the um, pandemic delay, if you want to call it that. When he got that injury um, against Wolves, did you think that potentially that might be it? That we you know we, we wouldn't see him back or he wouldn't be the same again after it because you know it was it was a bad injury that kept him out for quite some time. I was never worried about Jason as much as the injury because he's he's done worse and he's he's won world titles with his with a, an arm in a hell of a state uh, in in two thousand and nine. Um, but uh, my biggest worry with him is that Jason was was riding for two clubs um, where they really missed him when he was out. And Jason is is very a very committed, very passionate. He's always and one great thing about him is, and I'm I'm not just saying this because I've known him. But Jason's always given a hundred percent for every club he's ridden for. He's never ducked, even when he's been in the middle of winning a world championship season. He still turned up at Bellevue or whatever, and he still, you know, went went hell for leather. He never he never sort of knew when to knock it off or just to protect himself to win a world championship. Where he never did that. He always gave it for everything for his clubs in in all three leagues. And the one thing about him is that he was passionate about the fact that he wanted to do well for Plymouth and he wanted to do well for Ipswich. And he was aware the fact that his absence was costing both those clubs, well, giving them a really big problem because guests were unreliable. It was maybe affecting crowd sizes. And he'd made a commitment at the start of the season to give it everything for those clubs. And that worried me that he would maybe rush back. And I think that's what probably pushed him to come back a bit too early. And we saw him on uh, Eurosport where he, he, he looked very uncomfortable in the home mixing with Wolves, I believe it was. And um, that's when you sort of go, look, sometimes it wasn't about whether Jason knew he was fit enough. It was because he he was desperate to get back and do a job for those clubs and those fans, which he'd sort of, by signing at the start of the season, he, he, he'd sort of committed to them and said, look, I'm going to give it everything. Um, but, you know, as you said, he's, you know, he's eventually come back. He, he, it sort of... It bit him a little bit. The when he came back a bit early, it was a, it was it was going to be a sore one, um, but now he's settled down. Uh, Jason kind of needs a whole season. He needs a big long run of meetings to really sort of get himself going and to get himself race fit again. And he's he's been denied that so far. But I still think Jason is a is a is a a nine point man in both divisions. And uh, you know, as soon as he's up to speed. Well, it was great to hear from Jason Crump. And coming up in the next part, we're going to hear from his boss. We'll hear from Chris Louie on um, how Ipswich season's actually panned out. And it looks like things are pretty much all over by the shouting for the Witches uh, after defeat to Sheffield Tigers last week. Pretty much makes things impossible for uh, Ipswich to uh, qualify for the playoffs now. But more on that, we'll hear from Danny King and Simon Stead as well. Um, Plus, Leon Flint, who uh, was in action for the Berwick Bandits and had a bit of an unfortunate end to his evening um, and certainly affected the scoreline. Anyway, more on that on the way here on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. I'm Ian Brannan and uh, joined by Phil Lanning. Now, last week, Sheffield Tigers 
had their biggest home win of the season against the Ipswich Witches on Thursday. Tigers were in determined mood and um, we will hear from the Tigers team manager Simon Stead in a few moments. But uh, that result makes it very, very difficult indeed. Nigh on impossible for the Ipswich Witches to qualify for the playoffs in the um, Premiership. Um, let's hear from promoter and um, also um, all-round British Speedway legend, of course, Chris Louie, who's been speaking with Ryan Guest. A tough season for, for the Witches after what was such a, a bright start at the, uh, back in May. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I was happy with the team that we, we built at the beginning of the year and, you know, we just had a, a week from hell, really, losing three riders and it just unsettled us, you know, completely. And you know, the, the changes we made... Um, I think with the with the right changes, but um, we just never really got it back together, you know. And obviously, Jason, you know, we, we sort of lacked a number one all year, and, and that's no no slant on Jason. I, I think he was going to fulfil that role, just you know, literally um, the Thursday before he got injured at Wolverhampton, he sort of got it all together. And I think without that injury, he, he would have. Yeah, I'm not I'm not suggesting he would have scored himself sort of 13, 14 points every week, but. I think he would have been the, the double figures that we needed week in, week out. So, yeah, just a, a, a catalogue of things and, you know, just to uh, rub salt into the wounds. Obviously, you know, Craig's going through a bad time right now, so obviously we wish him all the best. And, um, you know, it's just another thing in a bad year, really. Yeah, um, and obviously if, if next Thursday does turn out to be the last home one, um, it would be nice to, to, to end what's been a, a difficult spell because the, uh, the, the Foxhall results have certainly been disappointing, but if you could go out with a win against rivals Peterborough, um, it would be at least nice to, to take that for the fans. Yeah, it's been our home form that's been the difference between particularly us and, and Sheffield, obviously, for that fourth spot. Um, you know, we, we've picked up points away from home and, and a lot of the times we've actually performed better away from home, so... Um, yeah, you know, it would be nice to, to finish with a win, particularly against, um, you know, local rivals, Peterborough. So, uh, you know, they're, they're a strong side. They've obviously um, been at the right end of the table, you know, all season long. And, um, and they're just a team of riders that actually ride Foxhall very well. So it's probably, a, even though we got fairly well hammered la- last week um, against Wolverhampton, this is probably an even tougher test. Ipswich promoter Chris Louie speaking with Ryan Guest after Ipswich's uh, big defeat against Sheffield Tigers. Phil Lanning is our guest. Phil, um, when we talk about Ipswich, um, look at their situation, as, as, as Chris Louie mentioned there, so many injuries early doors in the season. And not least as well, um, Nikolai Clint, who was originally on the team sheet. And um, what with everything, he decided that it wasn't probably um, a, a practical idea for him to, to be able to race for Ipswich so best laid plans and all that yeah as we said Speedway can 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 change in the blink of an eye I, I at the start of the season I probably looked at Ipswich and thought they're quite a solid side um, very very steady solid throughout that, that two terrific reserves in, in, in Rowe and Kemp and I thought they looked really good and in fact every side looked pretty solid to me but they had the heart ripped out of their side, I think, in the space of a week. I think they locked, they had injuries to to Heat, Stewart, and to Jason. And, and you know, and you, when you've got to rebuild your side in the middle of a season, it's very, very difficult. And then you've got to bring in three guys who've got to come in and do a job. You know, so they, they really never recovered from that. Um, and, and that's not, again, that's, you know, that's a hell of a thing to overcome. And I think Chris and Chris Louie and Richie Hawkins have done a, a really, really good job to try and keep them bubbling along, and they 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 work very swiftly to try and plug the gaps and trying to bring people in, and some haven't worked, and some have, and 
I think you know if you ch when you're chasing yourself like that, if it if it starts to unravel, it's very difficult to get it back. Um, the fact that they've remained competitive is a credit to the club, and I still think that they, I I, I still think they've got a, on paper they've got a club that on a, and a team that can can do a very good job. And um, some days it just doesn't click, and you sometimes you can't put your finger on that. Well, it was a tough night for the Witches. Um, there were positives. Um, top scorer for the Witches was Danny King, who's also been speaking with Ryan. Well, Danny King, uh, we're speaking after the uh, defeat at Sheffield. Uh, not uh, mathematical, but more or less does end uh, Ipswich's playoff hopes for the year. Yeah, it's um, you know it's always going to be tough when we get to the the, the position we're in. Um, you know, even if we won all our meetings, and got maximum points. Sheffield, you said, uh, I've got so many meetings in hand. It's it's going to be tough. So um, it is disappointing, but you know we just have to keep pushing on. We've still got two meetings left, and it'd be nice to finish on a win. Yeah, it must uh, leave you scratching your head because the the start of the season the team had um, it was such positive, uh, such a positive thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, we've just been a victim of the injuries, really. You know, we lost three riders in in three weeks. I believe it was um, and we just never really recovered you know um, we finally got Jason back but um, you know I think it's probably t a bit too late really you know we'd, the damage was done and um, as I say we never really recovered from that early setback so you have years like that it is a shame but we certainly won't give up as I say two more meetings to go Yeah the, the home form in, per, in particular has been disappointing Of course um, you know you want to be winning at home but it's uh, you know everyone's losing at home at Sheffield themselves you know they've lost twice at home um, but it's just unfortunate for us we can't seem to stop that rock and um, as I say it's really important we f we finish on that on that win yeah and uh, it would be nice as well obviously Peter uh, an informed side right now uh, really going strong and obviously arrivals of Ipswich as well definitely um, Peter you know they're a fantastic side they're so solid you've got Hans Anderson at reserve and um, it's certainly not going to be easy but you know we won't give up and we're going to go down swinging for sure. Yeah, and uh, for yourself individually, uh, how would you sum up the whole season? On a personal note, I've had a fantastic season. It's um, it's been great. You know, the, the year out last year was tough, and I was you know desperate to get back. And I, I really enjoy my speedway again, and it's just nice to get back to some sort of normality. So, um, yeah, personally, I've got to be pleased with my own form. There's Danny King speaking um, after that defeat for the Ipswich, which is all but ending hopes of qualifying for the playoffs. What about the other side, though? Um, a few weeks ago, Simon Stead was um, lost for words, really, with how things were going at uh, at Ollerton in particular. But um, what a difference a couple of weeks makes. And now Sheffield with their biggest home win of the season. 52-38 the final score against the Ipswich Witches last Thursday. And he's been speaking with Ryan. Well, Sheffield Tigers team boss Simon Stead, um, biggest victory of the season, much needed as well. Yeah, we were desperate for that. Um, but it was just a really dominant team display. Um, you know, for one reason or another, we've, we've never really had all the boys firing at, at once. And I felt like we were solid in every single department. Uh, which has made the difference. Yeah, made the difference indeed. And um, because of the opponents as well, that, that adds an extra importance to the victory as well over Ipswich. Yeah, well, we spoke about that before the start of the meeting, uh, the importance of, of this fixture um, and, and set, up, set us up ready for an important run now. Uh, we need to gain some momentum. Uh, and if we can carry on riding like we have done tonight, then we'll be uh, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, like you say, uh, not exactly mathematical, but it would take um, uh, a whole string of uh, bizarre results. Um, and like you say, that, that's what the side needs, especially with a lot of home meetings coming now. Yeah, you know, we, we, you can't afford any, any slip-ups, uh, Ryan. You know, we've, we've, we've had two of those already this season. We can't afford any more. So uh, a, a really dominant home display tonight was, was a good way to set us up for the, 
uh, next part of the season, if you like, and um, one that's really important. But I feel like we're gaining momentum and uh, and riding better as a team right at the right point in the season. Yeah, successive meetings coming up now against uh, the Bellevue Aces, uh, starting here next Thursday um, at Alderton against them as well. And if it's anything like the like the clash earlier in the season, then uh, a mouth-watering one in prospect. Yeah, it will be really good, um, but it will be difficult. Um, we know that uh, the opposition ride this track very well. Uh, we know that we will need to be riding at our best. Uh, but if we can continue riding how we have done tonight, then... Um, then I believe we'll, we'll get a win. Um, but we will need to ride well. And next up for Sheffield, it's Bellevue twice. First of all at Ollerton on Thursday and then the return um, back at the National Speedway Stadium on Monday night. And that will be the featured match on Eurosport, Bellevue versus Sheffield uh, next Monday on Eurosport. And um, two fixtures there, um, certainly, um, you know, the picks of the week, you'd have to say. And um, starting with that one at Ollerton on Thursday. Uh, definitely. Um I'd certainly pay to watch Dan Bewley versus uh, Jack Holder and uh, they're really the next generation hopefully of Grand Prix riders as well. Um, interesting because both those clubs should be in the playoffs so I think we get to that stage of the season then where people are starting to look at who they're going to get picked or where they're going to ride or you know who goes well on each track and that's the next intriguing uh, point as well and who, who, who finishes top and who chooses who do Peterborough choose or who do Wolves choose? I mean, it's a really, really fascinating thing. And sometimes league championships can be decided about who you ride against, not about actually how you do when you ride, you know, the, you know that decision to make. And when you've got that first pick, it, it's a hell of a responsibility. Um, so I think there's a lot of that will go on now as well. And uh, again, it, but again, it's great to see the, the, the War of the Roses. And, um, and I think, and Peterborough obviously will be fancy their chances at Ipswich, but uh Again, now that a lot of these teams now be will sort of be eyeing up what they're what, where they're going to go best at. Well, before we go, I want to bring you a story and something that we've been mentioning throughout this episode, and Phil's mentioned it a few times that Speedway can change in the blink of an eye, and certainly can bite you on the backside when you least expect it. Spare a thought for Leon Flint on Sunday, racing for the Berwick Bandits against the Red Car Bears at the Media Prima Arena. The situation was Heat 15. All Berwick had to do to get that vital first away win of the season on their last away trip was to avoid conceding a 5-1. And Leon Flint was in second place for uh, that whole race coming out of the final bend on lap four, the finish line's in sight, eclipse the fence, falls off, tumbles over the finish line, but allowing Michael Palm Toft and Charles Wright through for a 5-1 to the Red Car Bears, meaning that the meeting was drawn. You couldn't make it up, could you? Um, anyway, he's been speaking about that incident with, with Ryan Guest. Well, Leon, uh, very so, so close to an away win on Sunday. Um, I know you were involved in that Heat 15 as well. Just uh, talk us through it. I know you were pretty devastated after it. Yeah, um, unfortunately we've not picked up uh, an away win and Sunday was our last uh, last chance at it and uh, yeah, I think we was leading just about the whole meeting and we needed a, a second place to secure the win and I was in second place for four, four lap, uh, well, three, three and a, a quarter um, but yeah, I just, I was... I put my heart heart on the line. Um, you know, it's my it's my local club, and uh, 
you know, even just a just a normal meeting like that meant so much. Um, and uh, I, I just gave up my all them four laps, and unfortunately, just hit a bit of um, a berm that was created, and uh, yeah, just got sent. But yeah, all okay after it. Just um, just probably my my pride, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you say, uh, quite visibly gutted. Um, I know it still uh, hurts a little bit to talk about it after, but um, like you say, just because it's your boyhood club, what it means to you as well, you wanted to, to give the fans uh, something to cheer about because it has been a, a tough season for the Bandits on track. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, any any club I'd, I'd, I'm riding for, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd do the same. Um, but yeah, obviously Berwick holds a quite close part to my heart, but uh, yeah, just the fans, we've not been able to give the fans you know too much to cheer about and you know if we was able to go out with a win i think that would uh that would have made them uh very appreciative um but you know it, it's speedway and i'm i'm sure i'm gonna have plenty more moments like that in my career so there's no point dwelling about it um going put it right tonight yeah still a chance um to to give them something to cheer about in terms of uh, home wins as well um starting with uh, with kent on uh, this saturday yeah you know, there's no like I say, there's no point dwelling on what happened. Um, we'll still be looking to to put up a good fight, and uh, yeah, like I say, give um, give the fans uh, something to cheer for. Just a quick word on the challenge from last Saturday as well. Obviously, um, Berwick are quite active in trying new things. Uh, what was it like to be involved in? It was different. Uh, it was um, it was it was really good fun. Uh, all I think it's what we needed. F- before red car um you know we, we <laughs> it sounds uh, a bit unprofessional and stuff but you know even after the race was pulling each other's cutouts out kicking each other and yeah i think i think it was just good for the fans to see not only like really good racing but you know just to just to have a bit of a laugh take the seriousness away from it um i think that probably some of the best racing we've had there this year because we all know what you know what each rider likes to do what what lines they like to ride what the weaknesses are so i, I do think there was some good racing and like i say i think everyone had a laugh and uh, i know all the boys did so yeah i mean i've already said i think you know we should end end off the season with a, a meeting like that um but yeah that's not up to me that's up to the bosses but yeah like i say hopefully end off um the season on a high and uh yeah look forward to to getting back to shieldfield Okay, there's Leon Flint who's uh, speaking after that meeting against Redcar. It was 45 all. Uh, so close to getting that first away win of the season. Uh, and of course, that's their last away trip of the season. So um, not to be for 2021 for the Berwick Bandits. For the Red Car Bears, though, they move forward to the um, playoffs, you'd say. I think um, you'd be fairly confident that the, the, the Bears should should make that now, Phil. And uh, still quite a lot to play for in, in the championship. And uh, it really could go either way in that league. I think the championship is um, is has been such an intriguing league this year and um i think if you look at the way the top six are running out, i know that i know that obviously the the latter places uh or the last places yet to be sorted out by long chalk but and obviously with, with eastbourne's results being expunged from the from the records it suddenly <laughs> changed everything all over the place and um but all of these clubs i mean i pull for me are the favorites i think and the way that they and they've got the strength right the way through the order but They've been beaten at Berwick, and they've they've um, <coughs> they've not had it all their own way. All of the clubs have had 
iffy results at some stage or other. Even Leicester got beaten at home by Paul. Glasgow lost at home to Edinburgh. Uh, Edinburgh have lost at home to Glasgow. Uh, you know, so it's been an, it's been a, a, a strange old season. And Paul, for me, again, are just slightly ahead of the game. And I certainly with uh, Benjamin Masso coming in, he's, he's, he looks dynamite. And uh, it's poor for me, but that's by no means a given that they'll go. I mean, because it's going to be, again, all these things are over two legs and they're all going to go into different meetings to, to decide this. And I think it's it's going to be very, very tense. And I, I, I love this. I think this this bit, I genuinely love the playoff situation. I know people go on about saying, oh, it was better than the old way and all I think coming to having a that way that it always comes to a big finale is a, is a really really exciting way, and it's really good for both leagues to have that that it comes down to a final because that's what we want to see. We want we weren't we want nail biters. Absolutely. Well, let's have a look at some of the fixtures coming up over this next week then in the Championship and on Wednesday, it's Birmingham versus the Pool Pirates, and we've got Edinburgh versus Birmingham on Friday and um, the same day that um, Pool take on Glasgow. That's a big one right at the very top there. Redcar taking on Kent and Scunthorpe versus Leicester and National Development League have got Bell versus Milden Hall and then on Saturday it's Berwick versus Kent Leicester versus Glasgow and uh, Berwick versus Kent in the National Development League following the championship fixture and then on Sunday we've got um, Glasgow versus Scunthorpe in the championship and then we've just got the Premiership matches to run through and uh, Ipswich versus Peterborough Sheffield versus Bellevue and then all six Premiership teams are in action on Monday which is going to be a feast for the eye the pick of which will be Bellevue versus Sheffield and that's the one that's going to be on Eurosport. Peterborough versus Ipswich and Wolverhampton versus Kings Lynn also in action. But uh, a big night on Monday night. They're all six in action and um, we're looking forward to some more uh, thrilling action at, at the National Speedway Stadium between two teams who've got um, two, two of the top riders actually with, um, as we mentioned, uh, Jack Holder and Dan Bewley, the, uh, the, the current uh, top two riders in the averages facing off against each other around uh, the National Speedway Stadium. That's going to be a great one for for us all to be able to see on the TV and, of course, in person if you can make it as well. Yes, definitely. I think um, Sheffield are a much stronger side than they were at the, uh, when they were last at Bellevue and they and they were leading the meeting um, uh, in, early in the season as well and they made Bellevue really sweat. Uh, I think Bellevue may have Richie Worrell back by then, I would think, um, from his from his hand injury, which they will really need. The key man for Bellevue has been Jai Etheridge. Uh, Jai Etheridge has been absolutely fantastic for Bellevue, and uh, and he he's the key man for them at reserve because he's he's getting double almost double figures at home. So, but it's going to be really tight because they Sheffield look like a really good side when they now that they've got uh, Batch at number two and they've they've added uh, Josh Pickering. I can't wait to see Josh Pickering at uh, the National Speedway Stadium. So that would be great because uh, live on TV. Um, Bellevue is is you know if you could if you could have your sport at Bellevue every week it would be a it would be a bonus because it's it never disappoints uh, the, the National Speedway Stadium it's for me it's the probably the best track in the world. 
Well, my thanks to Phil Lanning for joining us this week on No Breaks, No Fear. Don't forget, check out some of the previous episodes. We had Nigel Pearson on last week. We've also got previous chats with uh, the likes of Alan Rossiter. We've got Sam Masters, Tom Brennan, all in the back catalogue. And the 2021 British champion as well, Adam Ellis, uh, also with us a few weeks ago. So check out some of those old episodes. And yes, whilst we're talking about meetings that week, uh, there's also some great stuff in there about their lives and and the sort of work that goes on behind the scenes and maybe answering some of your questions as well. Um, We'll be back with you next Tuesday to review all of that action that's coming up in the Premiership, including all six teams being in action on Monday and much more besides as well. No Breaks, No Fear is a Nigel Pearson Media Limited production for British Speedway. See you next week. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.